The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Well, hello, this is Ken Rashan. Welcome to a great show. Very excited about it and hope everyone had a very ho- a great holiday season. I wanted to give a shout out to Jeff Spinard. He had me on his show last week, Finding Your Frequency, and we were honored to publish his book. He's the president of Voice America and uh, really enjoyed that show a lot. And today we have with us our team, Andrea Adams-Miller from the Red Carpet Connection and She's been a, a, a life source for all kinds of great events for the last two or three months. So thank you, Andrea, for all you do. And Todd Thomas, who is an author and speaker and the author of the book, The Eight Factor Action Guide, and he makes things happen. So, Todd, would you be so kind as to introduce uh, both of our guests? I would love to do that, as I love doing every week. Uh, we'll hear uh, a lot more from Victor Perantoni shortly, but he is a coach an author and a guy that has a mission to empower people through his breakthrough to victory. And so more about Victor coming up, and we'll hear from Victor a little bit more a little bit later. But our first guest today is the founder of Breakthrough Alliance. So a lot of breakthroughs today. This is going to be fantastic. He is an international speaker and trainer. His name is Kayvon. He helps entrepreneurs struggling with ADD and ADHD and take what was once their fortress and turn it into their fuel through a transformational life and business program, and he helps people harness the powers of ADD and ADHD to create a thriving business and enjoy life of freedom and abundance. He is, again, the founder of Breakthrough Alliance. His name is Kayvon, and we welcome to Amplified. Thank you so How much you, for Kayvon? having me on the show. Well, I've been excited about this moment. We met you, I think Andrew and I met you about, I guess, four months ago or so at Harvard uh, at, the, at the speaking engagement that you were at. And when I heard you speak on stage, there must have been over 100 people speaking over the, the course of two or three days. And you stood out as one of the most uh, inspirational, powerful, and exuberant speakers. And I just I was hoping that I would stay connected to you. And I'm so glad we did. And I saw that you were interested in doing a book. It's funny how God works because... Our booth was eight feet away from someone else's booth that you were talking about a book. I overheard that, and I came over to you and said, are you interested in doing a book? And although your book hasn't come out, it's very interesting on several levels. One is that your book is shifting, and it's really going to be landing in an area that's going to really help entrepreneurs, and that's where one of my soft spots are, leaders and entrepreneurs. And the second thing is you're on a program with Victor, and I met Victor at Digital Footprint, and when you both were on stage, I saw power, I saw confidence, I saw passion, 
purpose, and I just saw really good intention. So I'm going to be excited to revisit you guys in about a month and hear the conversation you have after the show because I invited both of you to listen to each other's show because I think you're going to see a little bit of each other and also uh, compatibility as well as strategic possibilities. So, Kayvon, I'd like to start off with uh, just having you share uh, what you shared on stage at Harvard. A little bit of that story. Well, first and foremost, I, I do want to say thank you again for having me on your show and connecting me with Victor, and I do look forward to continuing a relationship with you, building the book, and again, just thank you so much. And, and saying that I was a powerful speaker in front of 100 speakers who were just you know international thought leaders, again, that's, uh, that, that's just music to my ears in a way that I know that I'm living my passion finally, and it's just amazing to get that kind of re, um, that reward back. So the story I shared on stage in, in Harvard was a story about when I was uh, kidnapped in a third world country, and I, I had a, a gun, uh, AK-47, to my head after uh, 12 hours of being uh, kidnapped, abused, and hostage, and how I was looking as a threat to, a, you know, imagine being a terrorist in a third world country. It just doesn't even seem right and being treated like that. And it was in that moment when I had the gun pointing into my head is when I felt, uh, when everything became actually silent, and I knew it was in that moment, if I had a chance to live, that I was going to then dictate my life and stop letting anyone else dictate what my truth was. And I obviously had that opportunity, and I vowed to that promise that I was going to empower ADD entrepreneurs, empower anybody, really, who is living in this world of ADD, ADHD, and trying to find themselves in this box to which we don't fit. And it took me almost 30 years to really recognize and realize that we're, no, we're not meant to be in this box, and we're meant to thrive in our own unique way. And with the powers of ADD, when harnessed properly, you can really, really, really utilize them to turn them into your number one strengths. Well, that's, uh, that's very admirable, and I have to say I relate on so many levels to what you're sharing because... I just bought, I wouldn't call it a patent, but a, a, um, a cardboard design uh, die that actually forms into a box that has think outside of it. And the idea of it is think outside the box. And I have been invited to masterminds, uh, special thanks to Andrea as well, where the members in that mastermind are paying an exorbitant amount of money to be with like-minded and like-hearted people. And so many of them stand on stage and say, I have ADD. <laughs> I didn't fit. <laughs> and here I am today, you know. And it's something to rejoice. And so you have such a great message that if you're able to harness the strength and figure it out, you've expedited their success, their path and success, their direction, and their contribution to life. So I think it's not only an admirable, but a, a very needed uh, coaching piece. So what, what are some of the things that you do to help someone in the entrepreneurial path? And I've, uh, I know that initially you were your heart is helping kids, so I'd like you to actually speak on both those aspects. Well, for sure, I'll, I'll go to the kids first, and, and that, that's very, very close to my heart because, you know, when I grew up in a small, small community, in grade one, they failed me, and basically they said that I wasn't good enough. And you hear that at such a young age, is, you know, it's quite powerful. But to have that continue on into grade three and be, you know, held back in grade three all the way through high school to, to the bitter end until university, at 19 years old, I'm, I'm in a university school a program, and the head dean of resource of the you know the resources for special needs students like myself is telling me that I should quit and that I have no hope in hell uh, you know graduating, and that if I was smart, I would try to figure out how I can get a factory job. I mean, after 19 years of hearing that you're not good enough, you can you need know, to start to believe it after a while. 
and it put me into a downward spiral of just of not self belief of of low confidence and 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 feeling sorry for myself and feeling like I wasn't good enough and I realized through a lot of books and a lot of you know self development training that the power really comes within and it wasn't uh, and it wasn't it was up to me if I was going to overcome these obstacles that it was going to come from me within and my passion after realizing that again with the experience with the gun to my head I I just vowed that I never want a student to ever go through what I went through and the fact of not feeling good or you don't feel like you're fitting in when this whole time we're not we're not supposed to fit in like you know we're not we're like ADD ADHD people we're not supposed to fit into the norm that's just not who we are and instead of it being something that's negative a society looks as it oh we're not stupid it's more we should be celebrating the fact that we are unique we are different and you'll always hear me say this is the point zero zero one percent you alluded to this have ADD ADHD Albert Einstein uh, Sir Richard uh, Brand uh, Richard Branson had ADD. David Newman has ADD. The list goes on and on. And these people are the 0.01% of the population. So if I'm going to hang out with anyone, I want to be in that 0.01%. I want to celebrate that. I don't want to feel that I'm being ostracized or stupid or I'm, or I'm stupid for not fitting in. And then what was the other question? Because my ADD just got the best. Well, I'll tell you what. See? That's fine. I'm going to kick back to the other question in a second because we, we did the children first, and we're going to keep on that for just another second. So I, I was a teacher, and... I, I got certified to teach, obviously. Uh, they don't just let anyone in the classroom. They want to make sure that you are actually certified by the state in the United States of America, that you are qualified to be in there. But they never teach you about the special student like yourself. And you have teachers that literally come out of the classroom and go right back in the classroom and teach. So not in their defense, but that's a problem with the system. The system is there's no perspective and there's no part of the coursework that says, hey, when you have an Einstein in your class, this is what you need to do to cultivate and not destroy that Einstein or that Richard Branson. or But here's the other thing that's interesting about it. When these people have that adversity, nothing stops them later. So it's kind of an interesting piece. I mean, I've, I've heard uh, commentary on millennials that when you give them all, these, all this entitlement, they obviously become entitled and then they have the lowest self-esteem that you could possibly have. It's even worse than if they hadn't done that. So it's interesting, but you and I have lived a, a similar life, not to the, the same exact degree, but I was different. At second grade, they didn't know what to do with me, and so they put me in a corner, and I drew, I just drew the entire year. I was so far behind uh, academically because I, was, I had ADD, and I was jumping all off. I was hyperactive, and so I, I understand the plight, but uh, it's, it's kind of funny. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have gone into, sci- uh, into medical illustration. I wouldn't have you know, found my own way. And so I think that, that there is a reward to all this adversity. It's not necessarily something you want or that you'd wish on your child, but you're this leader and you're this person that's confident on the stage, I think partly because you had to create this for yourself. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we totally relate when you said they, you know, grade uh, two, they didn't know what to do with you. They didn't know what to do with me. My, literally, like my entire elementary school, it was, just, it, was, it was horrifying. And the funny thing is, well, not funny, but the thing is now you, I look back and I hate school. You know, I and, I and I hated authority, but now I've I've learned more and I've studied more in the last five, six, to, you know, years of my life than I've ever did, and I've enjoyed it because I finally found something that I love doing. I finally found something that makes me want to thrive and get better. 
So now I look at, you know, like school is just, it, it's not for everybody. And, and it's, especially if you know you're an entrepreneur, I, I, and, I highly, and, I, and I say this, is just start learning how to build a business because the real world doesn't care about poetry. The real world doesn't care about Shakespeare. They care about your bottom line. That's all that matters. When my banker asks me to come into the room, he doesn't ask me what letters beside my name. He asks me what my bottom line looks like, and that's all I care about. And that's what. And, and that was something that was deemed wrong growing up. Now I know they're offering a little bit of entrepreneurship in school, but it's nowhere near where it needs to be. And the fact that now that thirty percent of our population has ADD, and twenty percent of that being uh, men. It's just something that we really need to be focused on, especially at a young age in the schools. And like it goes back to not making us feel that this is a bad thing, but this is you know some at least I understand your idea of the empowerment, and I couldn't agree with you more. I don't think I would be here today on this on this radio station with you if I didn't go through what I went through because all that pain and struggle and all that just turmoil. And, and, and I look back and it's just, it wasn't, it's just, it was horrible. It was just horrible what has happened. But instead of letting it hold me back, I've learned how to use it and catapult me forward and hopefully be a, a voice uh, to younger generations to understand that we, you need to stand up and you need to be proud of what it is that you have and realize that, you know what, it's, it's pretty cool to stay outside that box. It's pretty cool to have a, have a mind that outthinks, outcompetes, and outmarkets the competition. And one of the main things I teach when people come into my program is the first thing is you have to know it. You have to understand what type of ADD you have. There's seven types of ADD. So you have to understand what are your triggers, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Then you've got to know how to grow it. You've got to learn how to thrive and grow with your ADD. Then you've got to learn how to manage it. So this is a huge one that I've learned how to use in the last five, six years. You've got to tell people you have ADD. You've got to create teams around you that can use your strengths and they have what your weakness might be and catapult each other to move forward, not only just in your business, but in your relationships, your personal, your business, and your entire life, health, physical, mental, all of it. And then you've got to learn how to sustain it. So one of the things, we do a 12-week immersive, intensive, 12-week coaching program for ADD, ADHD entrepreneurs, and it's based on understanding who they are. How are they going to grow their strengths? How are they going to manage their strengths? And how are they going to sustain it for long-term success? And what was it that actually caused you to look at kids and then afterwards? Because I know that you were talking about doing something more philanthropic with uh, the, the children or high school kids. And then you looked at how entrepreneurs could benefit most from your coaching. Well, I looked at it in different ways, and I and I do, and I still help with uh, with the high school kids. And I do volunteer my time, but to to sit f- solely on that, I realize that the impact that I want to make is a global impact. And in order to do that that kind of impact, you got to obviously have some money coming in. So what I so I wanted to learn and see was okay, who else is suffering with ADD, ADHD? And as I studied and learned, I realized. Entrepreneurs, 50% of entrepreneurs have ADD, ADHD. I'm an entrepreneur myself, so what better place to sit in and, and be able to help and create that, that kind of that income and that consistency. And as entrepreneurs, as we said, the top 0.1% of them have ADD. They're also the top 1% you know, earners. I believe that we can pool our money together and make that global impact for these high school students, for these elementary students, uh, in creating, empowering and, and helping these people to thrive, these students to, to, to move forward in their lives. 
And it's just something that's really close to my heart, and I get very, very passionate when I think about it because it, it just feels like it was yesterday when I was being told that I wasn't going to, you know, that, I, that all I was good was a factory. Imagine if I believed that. This woman who told me that all I was good enough was a factory job, and I just let her dictate my truth. And that was when I said if I had another chance on life, I was never going to let someone dictate my truth, dictate what my possibilities are. Because I truly believe that we all have something in us that is supposed to be, that, that can be great, can, that can be huge, that can be beautiful, can be abundant. But nobody's going to give it to you. You have to dig deep inside and realize that it is there, but you've got to do whatever it takes to get there and be willing to do whatever it takes. Be willing to step outside that box and say, you know what, I do have ADD, I do have uh, ADHD, and I'm not going to let this hold me back anymore. I'm going to learn how to utilize this to give me the strength and the power I need to go after what it is I want to do. So have you gone back to uh, the teachers or the school and shared uh, in in a, a way that would actually help them help other kids that may have ADD? Absolutely. This summer, I this summer I worked with a couple of communities in the in the Vancouver, uh, British Columbia area, and I have yet to go back to my old hometown as I just don't live in that area anyway. But my goal at the end of this year is to go back to the very same school that told me I couldn't do it, and not go there in with with anger and or with fear, but go in there with abundance and with love and empower every student and every teacher and to show them that don't write off someone right away. Don't discount a student because he's not sitting in his chair. We're not meant to sit in our chairs. No, no human being is meant to sit in a chair for eight hours a day, let alone someone with ADD, ADHD. It's, and you said, you, know, you said they put you in a corner. The last thing they should have done was put you in the corner. The last thing they should do is put me on that chair every day. They, they ripped my recess for me. They ripped uh, all my uh, lunches. At lunchtime, I had to go sit on a chair while everyone else was playing outside. The one thing my brain needed the most was outside activity, physical activity. They took away from me wondering why I was acting out more or even me wondering why I thought I was falling apart inside. I wasn't getting what I needed. I totally understand that. And I guess the question I have for you now is what what would be the sign that uh, a, a kid, a parent could look at a child to actually give them some type of test to know what type of seven and, and what would be the course of action you would do with them? The signs of age, I mean, here's the thing is we're living in a world, right, and I, and I think we've alluded to this uh, before where there's a lot of people, like in, in, in North America, like I said, 30% of people have ADD, and I truly believe a very small percentage of them were born with this. And science still doesn't prove whether we were, whether this is a disorder that we were born with or not. But what we do know is while genetics, maternal alcohol or drug use, birth trauma, brain infections, and head trauma can play a huge role to ADD, the increase of being diagnosed with it likely related to influences on our world today. So that, the fact is, is limited, we are talking about this limited physical education in schools, not good. Excessive video games, which we have right now, not good. The diets filled with processed foods, we have to watch what we're feeding our children. And there's a lot of symptoms like not reaching out uh, that, you can, that you can find with your kid. There's a lot of resources on the Internet, whether that is them not being able to sit still, whether them that's not paying attention. Like I said, there's seven types of ADD. So what we have to do is we can't discount everything and go straight to this is ADD or this is ADHD. We have to, as parents, if we feel 
here's the number one thing that I notice is that a lot of parents don't want to admit that the fact is that their child has, whether it's ADD, ADHD, whether it's, whether it has anxiety, whether they even maybe have autism, they don't even want to admit it themselves. And if they can't admit it themselves as parents, how are they ever going to help their child? How the child is ever going to admit that this is an issue. And as long as we don't admit and identify what the actual problem is, we can never fix or find that solution. And there's a lot of resources. There's one doctor that I've been following. I've actually gone to his clinics. I've worked uh, through him and through doctors that worked right alongside with him, which is Dr. Dan- Daniel Amen. And I, drew, and I truly believe if you feel like you have ADD or if you feel like you have some ADHD or your kid or you as an adult, there are so many, I, I, I don't have the stat with me right now, but I believe there was like 60% of adults are undiagnosed with ADD, ADHD. Was there any teacher that did actually uh, inspire you? That, yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Tell so me. when I grew up, as, as I was always getting in trouble, my mother knew that, it, that I wasn't stupid. She believed in me, number one, but she also knew that I needed to be, like I had the ADD where I need to have physical activity all day long. So she tried everything, and not knowing what it is she was looking for, we tried basketball, but I had two left hands. We tried soccer, and I had two right feet. We tried swimming, and you'd think there was bricks tied to my feet. I sank so fast to the bottom of the pool. But then we discovered ski racing. And in ski racing, I don't know what it was, but I connected to those skis, and those skis just connected to me. And I actually excelled with that and skied for the national team. And in that, I had a coach who was hard and tough as nails, but no matter what, he never, ever stopped believing in me. But most importantly, he never stopped encouraging me to believe in myself. And he was the only one that wouldn't allow this, this, this ideology or this label of ADD, ADHD to be something that was going to stop me anymore. He removed that label very, very quick for me, and I began to believe in myself. I began to believe in a process and believe that there were people out there that, that, that were going to mentor me and show me the way. And we ended up skiing and coaching together, and he used to be my coach for over 20 years. And I still talk to him till this day because he was someone who, who was one of the first people to actually believe in the power of what I, what the capabilities I had. Well, let's. We only have a couple minutes before the break, so I want to make sure we get some points about your book. What's the title of your book? The title of my book. We 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 still not for sure knowing what it's going to be, but I'm 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 going with. It was I was born to born to succeed and raised to fail. I think that's a winner, though. I do like that. I one. think that is the winner. I really believe that because I really <laughs> believe I was born to. I mean, I was born to succeed, and I'm going to succeed, and I am succeeding, and I'm thriving. But for you know a lot earlier part of my years, I was just raised to fail in the circumstances I was living in. Okay, well, you know, Victor's been listening, and I'm not sure if he's chomping at the bit or not. So, Victor, if did you have a question you'd like to ask him in the last couple minutes? Hey, Ken. Uh, yeah, I do have a question. So, my question to you is: one of the things that I do a lot with my clients is I always like to help them find out. Uh, if, especially if they have a crutch or something that they believe about themselves, I always like to ask, what is the gift of that? So, Kayvon, I'm wondering, what gift has ADD provided in your life, if there is one? Oh, there are absolutely a lot of gifts. But uh, if it comes down to that, hands down, the gift that I have is just being able to think outside the box. Being able to look at things. I'm, I'm all about efficiencies and effectiveness and looking at how can I get something done 
in less time and get better results. And I believe with my ADD, it allows me to think and grow outside that box. Just be creative in the process. Yes. And, uh, and it's something that's just empowering for sure. Awesome. Okay. And that. So you use it to your advantage. <laughs> Pardon me, do I use it to my advantage? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's what this whole program is about, is, is yeah, how, to, how to harness it. Andrea, did you have a question? Yes, I do. Um, so I also have ADD. Um, so for uh, when you uh, were in school, did you uh, and have you worked with other teens or talked to other people who are women who have ADD? And are you coaching women and men? Yeah, absolutely. I coach men, women, and, and I coach uh, children as well. Uh, when I was in school, though, no, I, I felt like I was on my own. I felt like I was on my own island, actually, for a long time because this was something I was embarrassed about. It was something I didn't want. You know, everyone knew when, when you get picked up out of the classroom in front of all, your, all your, your students and you're the only one that's going to that special room, that long walk to that special room, is, it, 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 it sucks. It's just plain, it sucks. It's frightening. And I never talked about it. I never wanted it. I never actually really did anything about it until I got into college and I realized that this was something that was holding me back while it was, when, I, when it came to learning and understanding what was going on in the classroom. And being in, I had to pay for my own college. I had to pay for my own university. I knew that I didn't want to just go and waste my time, money, or energy. So I took responsibility a little later in life. And when I did, the results, again, were outstanding. Here, again... They said I wouldn't pass university, but yet I went through university and ended up getting on the honors list and graduating with an, you know, an 85 average with business and marketing. So it, it's, it's it, to learn and understand how to manage your ADD, learn how it's a gift, you'll get the results you're looking for. And how do I people reach you? I had, uh, I had the hyper-focus, so teachers liked me because I could hyper-focus. Luckily, I like school. Um, so, and Ken just asked how we can reach you. Oh, you can reach me very easy and simple is at kayvon.com. That's K-A-Y-V-O-N.com. And there's links to all my social medias, Coach Kayvon, and anything, emails and all that. So K-A-Y-V-O-N.com. That's kayvon.com. And do you have any events coming up for entrepreneurs that can learn more about you? I have. Well, we, 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 just, we just released the launch of the Breakthrough Alliance, and this is a community of entrepreneurs with ADD, ADHD, helping each other thrive through this business. This is that 12-week program, and you can reach, you can get me at same website, kvon.com, and if you put in Work With Me, it'll take you right to the Breakthrough Alliance page, and you can get set up right away. Awesome. All right, well, we're going to be back in a couple minutes, and we're going to have Victor Arn. We'll be back soon. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. 
If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Well, welcome back to the second half. We we have two extraordinary speakers and authors and super talents, and I'm excited to have Victor on for the second half. Uh, Todd, if you'd like to give the rest of the bio for Victor. Absolutely. We continue our our breakthrough show today. It's awesome so far. Thank you, Kayvon Wars. Second guest is uh, Victor Parentoni. Uh, Victor, ever since he was a, a young child, has had an obsession with personal development and breaking through perceived limitations. He is a coach, an author, and a speaker that has a mission to empower people and as many people as possible through his Breakthrough to Victory Total Immersion uh, Coaching. Uh, Victor Perantoni is the author of the new book, Breakthrough to Victory, Three Steps to Becoming the Hero of Your Own Story. He has been speaking and uh, coaching, and uh, he also works as one of the biggest coaching platforms in the world. Please help us welcome to Amplified, Victor Perantoni. Thank you so much, Todd. Thank you for the, the big welcome. warm welcome. Ken, I appreciate you having me on the show. And Kayvon, that was awesome. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, it's very, very inspiring, and I love how you can use your perceived limitations, like I was saying in my bio, as your gift and to really empower others. So that's awesome. Well, I guess uh, friendships are a very nice gift. And so since this is the holiday season, I really do believe that the two of you, uh, I guess, kind of in a spontaneity or it's just a very random way ended up on this radio show from two completely different events. I saw both of you on stage and here we are today. I'm just excited to follow up with you guys later and see what you create for each other. Sometimes you get that intuition that I'm a connector, and so I'm, I'm always looking for how I can connect someone to, uh, and get give value to both of them. And ultimately, you really kind of become a hero because both people appreciate that, and the karma happens. So I'm glad that you guys are both on the same radio show, and we'll follow up later. So, Victor, tell me about your, uh, your beginnings, uh, knowing that you'd want to become a coach. Okay, so... <laughs> 
There's uh, definitely several events in my life that, that took place to, to make all of that happen. But I'd say the moment that I really knew that I wanted to do something with my ability to influence another person was I was, I was in university and I had changed my major several times. I did not know what I wanted to do. And I wasn't there for my own reasons, but I did meet one of my best friends while I was in the university. Um, his name is Brady. And one night Brady and I were hanging out, we were talking and Brady had a mild case of cerebral palsy. So you wouldn't notice it if you were just talking to him, but you would notice it if you saw him walking, right? His left leg had a slight limp in it. And when I was talking to Brady one night, he was venting to me and, you know, had this sense of victimization about his left leg. And he would see it as a curse. And I had my own degree of victimization in my life at that point. Uh, you know, always asking why are certain things happening to me. And I knew the pain that came with it, but I couldn't imagine what he was feeling. And in that moment, I didn't have any coaching skills whatsoever. I just had caring, caring and a belief that I couldn't fail the person in front of me. And I helped Brady reshape the meaning behind that and see it as his gift, that it, it was not his curse. It made him who he was. And just that shift in belief, he, you know, a couple months later, he put on 35 pounds of muscle. When I met him, he couldn't do a bodyweight squat. And then he was squatting, you know, 135 pounds, you know, with a barbell. And it just, when I saw the impact that it made in his life, I was like, wow, like, I need to do something with this. There, there's something here. And I felt on top of the world when I helped him like that, when I helped him at that level and completely look at his life in a different way. So I'd say that's where it really started, where I saw, okay, I got to do something with this that's bigger you know, maybe coaching, maybe speaking, writing a book, and then I ended up doing all three. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Todd had shared that there were three secret uh, breakthroughs. Was was that alluding to one of them? Uh, well, the the three steps to becoming the hero of your story in my new book, um, they all have to do with the way that we, we tell our story, right? So one of the things that I've come to believe in my own life is that everything that we get in our lives is essentially meaningless unless we give it a meaning. So the whole point or the whole meaning to life from my perspective is to give it your own meaning. And we do this and we make these meanings come alive in, in our lives by using stories. So we tell stories about why our lives are great. We tell stories about why our lives suck or why we can or can't do something. So we all have stories on how we, we create this. And there are three phases in the book, but each phase has two sections. So, so any story that we tell has six elements to it. It has who, what, when, where, why, and how. So I discovered this really simple way of looking at your own story and seeing all the elements and how you showed up, mainly your identity. So I came in with, with my book and I said, okay, how can I examine these six areas of everybody's life or whoever I'm working with and seeing where the story is misaligned? And I, I knew within myself that when I was writing it, I, w I had my own form of, you know, a disempowering story. And writing the book itself actually helped pull me out of my rut and get to where I am now. And so how can someone get this book? Uh, well, they can get it on Amazon if they, or they can go on my Facebook page at Breakthrough to Victory. So if they go to Breakthrough to Victory or they go on Amazon, type in Breakthrough to Victory or my first and last name, Victor Pierantoni, they can purchase the book there. Now, I would say almost anyone could use your book because almost everyone creates a meaning in their story that they have to prove is right. And yes. typically, that causes them harm. 
Absolutely. No, we, I mean, we get told lies and we get told certain things about ourselves and our ability to, to be a certain way. Um, in Kayvon's example, you know, he was told, you know, that he was going to fail and that was a story. You know, we know these things aren't true, but these are stories and people make up stories when they have some kind of a void in information or if they don't understand something, they use a story to fill that void because we find it very hard to live with uncertainty. So we have to fill that void with something and Usually it's a story that doesn't serve us. Well, I heard someone explain to me in a, uh, it was a Spanish immersion class, and she told me how excited she was that she lived in a certain part of the United States that she went to the best church in the world. Yeah. And she, she said all this in Spanish, and I said, wow, you're really lucky that you were born exactly there. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, can you imagine if you were born in the Middle East? You would have been so far away from the, your favorite church. And really, I was I was in my own epiphany at that point is that every single thing that we believe, we just made it mean something. And it's so true what you're what you're sharing. So what are some other aspects of your book that you that you share with the reader? Um, One specifically is just and this is a a point that I really hone in on is the, the whole concept of identity. So asking that question of who the I mean, I would say my favorite sections of the book that I wrote were on identity. So answering the question of who or who do you need to be to you know, live the life that you want, and also the question of where, which deals with the environment, the people that you surround yourself with. And every environment that we have, we have three layers to our environment. We have our internal environment, which is fed by all the information we allow in. So whether we're watching TV all the time or reading all the time, you know, what are we feeding our mind with? What filters are we looking at the world through? And then we have our social environment, which has to do with all the people that we have in our lives. And the social environment often is a pretty tough one to break through. You know, I know when I first started doing what I was doing, or I told people that I wanted to be a coach and a speaker, and I had no prior skills in this in this arena, and especially my age didn't help my case either, because I'm 25 now, but when I wanted to do this initially, I was 22. And <laughs> so my social environment wasn't very supportive of that, so I knew that was something I needed to change. And then you have your physical environment. Where are you actually spending your time? So if somebody wanted to break the habit of drinking, let's say, and they would normally hang out at bars, that's probably not the best physical environment for them to hang out at. On top of which, their identity plays a role. So answering the question of who do I need to become, if they're telling themselves that I'm, you know, I'm a drinker, I'm an alcoholic, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a lazy person, you know, they're going to embody the habits of that kind of person. So our identity and how we label ourselves plays a huge part in how we're actually going to act. So you can go and change every habit one by one, or you can shift the way that you define yourself and shift the environment that you choose to place yourself in. That's a, Those are very mature words for someone at the age of 25. I am actually <laughs> pleasantly surprised, but I already saw you on stage, so I, kind of, I knew you were going to bring it on this program. Uh, what, what are some of the things a parent can do to... Uh, help a child because uh, most of these stories happen between the ages of three and five and all the way up to what seven or eight yeah i mean I, I would say so a lot of a lot of my clients i when i ask them certain things of where they develop a certain belief or how far back they can remember um originally creating that belief or question that they ask themselves all the time it usually comes from around that age you know between the ages of five to probably about 12 people develop a question that dictates their focus and they it seems to be the core of all of their questions. So people will always ask this and they develop the story from that young age. So 
what I would tell a parent in this situation is most of the time parents or authority figures for that matter, when they take this position of authority or a superior uh, angle of, of looking at the conversation, they seldom understand who they're talking to, being their child or their student, if it's in a school environment. So anytime that somebody is going to be influencing another person, there is no way to influence from a place of judgment. If you're telling somebody what to do or trying to make them wrong for what they're doing before you understand what's going on, they will not listen to you, at least not long term. So we develop these stories because we feel unappreciated, we feel we feel misunderstood, and we'll never be able to influence people from that place of judgment. We have to understand who they are, understand their world, step into their shoes so that they can feel that we actually get it. That makes sense. It totally makes sense. In fact, I just uh, was at a mastermind with Andrea called The Winner's Circle, and there was a speaker that said, one of the biggest shifts you can make in your life is to decide whether you want to be right or be successful. And yeah, you, can, you, can, you, you can subtract the word success and put, I need to be right or I need to be a loving father, or I need to be right yeah. or I need to be a great teacher. For instance, with Kayvon, if they had actually looked at how they could be a great teacher, they would never have demeaned mm-hmm. him. They would have never said, you can't be something because you have limitations. They would have actually, a great teacher would always bring the best out of that student. And they actually did the, the opposite. Absolutely. And so I, have a, I, I believe, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. You, finish your thought. I have a new, a new tangent. Good. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. And I, I believe, especially with every client, I know that no matter how, messed up the situation or their viewpoint might be on the, on the surface. I always ask myself, you know, what do I love and appreciate about this person right now? Or I'll ask myself, what is the gift behind what they're telling me? And I, and that's a question that I use myself. I used to ask myself the question, am I good enough or am I doing the right thing? And now I always ask myself the question, what's the gift here and how can I use it to add value to myself and others? And I ask the same thing when I'm talking to somebody and helping them with, with anything. Because if I, if, if I know that they don't feel like I understand them, they're not going to listen. And so it's so important to be able to understand people on that level and actually have a genuine caring for who they are. You know, this is such a deep topic, and I want to go to something else very soon. But uh, it, it's, it's really crazy uh, when people believe the stories that they have, how they punish the rest of the world. With that story, for instance, someone that had a bad experience in a relationship with a man or a certain type of man and they say, you know what, I can't trust men anymore. And it just, it, yeah. it really causes a lack of happiness and a lack of abundance. So the two points that uh, I just really appreciate about you bringing to this show is that you really have to be care- careful and check what stories you're believing and being mm-hmm. open-minded to believe, to understand that you create that meaning and that you have the power to create a stronger meaning. And then the second thing is about being right. It's, it's, it has a big cost to it. And any relationship I know of, if you give up being right and you cause actually love to be the, the result, you're going to have a completely different experience in that relationship. Absolutely. So I want to talk about uh, what a difference it made because Kayvon's in the process of doing a book. And I would actually like you to open up the dialogue because I have to say my life has changed so much since I met Kayvon and we were working together on this book. And I'm really excited that uh, in the interim, of working on this book, we've really found a new direction for the book. So I think that kind of is what was possibly holding it back is that that had to happen still. But uh, share how much of a difference it's made for you to have a book. 
I mean, just, just being able to have a book, having something or resource that you can provide to somebody, especially when you know uh, what their challenge is and whether or not your book can help. Um, it's just, it's an amazing thing to have in your back pocket. I mean, nothing will ever replace having a deep conversation with somebody, but having a book that can influence people when you're not even there and impact somebody's life that you may not even realize, it's, it's such a great feeling knowing that your thoughts and your caring are out there floating around somewhere and having the ability to touch somebody's life when you may not even realize it. And having that, and also at the, at the same time, you know, you have your, your, your own sense of credibility, right? You created something out of, you know, sheer desire to, to be something more than you currently were when you had the idea. So it gives you that, your own sense of, of certainty and, and pride when you know that you've created something of value because you genuinely care about a certain topic or you're passionate about it. So that's what I would say about that. And for me, uh, writing my very first book, and the word perfect was in the title, is Becoming the Perfect Networker, it caused you to be. You can't write a book if you actually care about integrity and you write things that you're not, and then you have to call yourself to be those things moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's a miraculous aspect of it. And I just want to share with both of you, since, uh, Victor, you're in a reprinting right now, and you're constantly evolving your book, and Kayvon, your book is coming out when it's ready, but I do believe it'll be coming out in the next month or two, is... I came up with this new, in doing books over and over and over again, you find out better ways to do it. Well, where I am right now is that when you're in the coaching process, a great methodology is to have a preface that actually shares your why at a very deep level so that there's almost an intimate level with the reader and the author going right in the book. And then committing to the reader that you are going to give value in this book. And one of the easiest ways to give value is to find out where they are before they start the book and have a survey they can take of you know what you're going to help them with so if they had a, a failing business and you said hey take the survey and it says you know what, where are you putting your marketing dollars where are you doing this where are you doing that and you take the survey and in the end you get a score of let's say 10 out of 100 you know you have some major problems and this book says these problems will be fixed as you go through these different chapters and that's one part that i think is is a new way of approaching a book is to get their information of who who your reader is at the beginning of the book and the beginning of the journey because you can actually cause them to finish a book that's a rarity that someone actually buys a book and finishes it it's very rare it reads it all the way through (laughs) yes and i my my one of my coaches she she gave me a similar strategy i remember when i was first writing or i had already written the book but when i was going over to edit it she was saying to me well you need to know who is reading this so who do you really want to write this book to and she had me get very specific on who my reader was going to be. I was making this up, but it still gave me a reference point and a point of focus to see it through someone else's eyes. And when I read the book over from the perspective of my ideal reader, it was a totally different book. And I was getting these lessons and I was crossing things out and saying, okay, this needs to be changed. And it gave me this amazing perspective. So just knowing who you're writing to and the method that you described, I think, is even more effective. But even just having a basic level of who you're writing to already creates a huge difference because you're you're pinpointing your focus. You can help somebody more if you know who they are. Correct. And and then right out of the gate, giving them access to uh, an ebook version so that they can take the book with them when it's not always in their hand. And then uh, the end of the book, giving them some other valuable piece for finishing that 
you know, a one-hour consult with you or something that actually gets them to because you're you'd be working with someone that completes something at that time. If you have anyone yeah. that finished the book and they saw that part and they took action, <laughs> got an hour, you have you have a student that's going to give you the best review ever because they're going to finish. Absolutely, you've already pre-qualified them <laughs> as <a>, somebody <laughs> who completes what they start. <laughs> so it's always a good good way to look at it. <laughs> Well, I uh, gave an opportunity for you to share and ask a question to Kayvon, and we, uh, I want to make sure I built in some time for Kayvon to have that same opportunity. So, Kayvon, if you're online and you have a question, feel free to jump in at this well, time. Well, it's more, I would, say, I would like to say like, thank you so much for being, you know, at your age, uh, that Victor, that you said that, you know, you started at 21, because if there's anybody listening here, at that age, at 21, and if you have that power, that burning desire, it's it's not an early. You're not too early to start. It's never too early to start. And take it from me: yeah. don't wait until you reach your 30s to really foster what that burning desire was. So, if anything, I just wanted to say thank you for for taking your your passion to you know to the pavement and not being afraid to stand up tall and saying this is what I'm going to do and. If you, you've created what you've created by 25, I can't imagine what your life's going to look like in the next five years. And I just want to say congratulations to you, and congratulations for taking charge and ownership of your passion and ownership of your God-given talents. So I, that's more what I want to say. Thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate that. That means a lot, brother. Yep. Victor, where, where can people reach you? Uh, they can reach me at my website, BreakthroughToVictory.com. You can always send me an email at hello. I like, like, hello <laughs> at Breakthrough to Victory or <laughs> hello at btvictory.com. So it's a little bit shortened. Or they can always reach me on my personal line, which is 954-907-4522. All right. So we're going to have a bit of an unpredictable show here. I'm going to give a little longer time since we have a future friend on the line with you. And we're going to do round robin with questions. And we're going to start off. I'll start off with asking, what are you most proud of? Okay, so you're asking me first? Yes, I am. Okay, so what I'm most proud of is my ability to see what I want in any area of life and pursue it without letting anybody instill doubt in me. I think that's been one of the greatest gifts that I've had in my life and something that I'm most proud of because no matter what it is I go after in what area, even when I get doubt or negativity from people, it's kind of falls right off me at this point. That would be vital, especially for success in coaching. <laughs> Todd, you were not Absolutely. able to ask a question last round, so Todd, your, your turn. Sure, Victor, what's, uh, what's your favorite book that you that really started, you read that you really started you on your, uh, your the road that you're on? So my favorite book of all time is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes. I listened to that book probably 25 times and that's where a lot of the lessons got instilled in, instilled in me in a short time so I immersed myself in that book every single day when I was working in a factory and the only saving grace I had was my iPod because <laughs> as you can tell I awesome. like to be able to talk and interact with others <laughs> awesome Andrea I wanted to know uh, what classes do you think that they should add into school to help with people with ADD and to help students to thrive for entrepreneurship? Is that for Kayvon? Classes? I guess that's for you, Kayvon. That's for you, Kayvon. Yeah, actually, well, Kayvon has a, get Victor in can also add, because it's not been that many years, right? <laughs> He's only 25, oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too far from it, but uh, I would say any, any classes related to 
actually asking the questions of, of somebody of what is it that you really want in life and why do you want it and really getting into the psychology of having purpose and having a direction in your life because a lot of students, they just get fed what I call the thumb drive method of education where, you know, it's like teachers are just uploading information to them and expecting them to regurgitate it or expecting to access it back out with a test versus actually asking them what they want. And they create this society of passive passengers rather than drivers who will establish new roads. Um, so I would say anything related to the psychology of actually having your own direction and deciding what it is that you want and why you want it, having purpose behind that. Cool. Awesome. Kayvon, your turn. I honestly think first and foremost we got to have strength finders test there. There's, there's something called the strength finders 2.0, and it's all about finding what your actual core strengths are, and then learning how to manage your weaknesses instead of us always trying to say trying to make our weaknesses better. It's more we got to learn how to harness those strengths. I also think we need to do a lot, really truly at a younger age, is personality tests, a true personality tests, and understanding and educating what different personalities are and how to cope with different personalities and how ones interact with others. We need to do with, uh, emotional intelligence. is huge. If you ask anybody, IQ versus EQ, EQ will always trump IQ. And I believe we don't teach emotional intelligence in the, in the school system because it was, it's all about you know, creating workers. So when it comes to entrepreneur courses and stuff, it's, not, it's, it's one thing to understand the business and the finance, but it's a whole other thing of understanding how this world's really working with information and technology. So they have to put like applicable uh, business. It's not just writing a business plan. It's about having, I mean, creating courses where they actually run a business. Now with the days you can run an online business, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can run a thriving multi-million dollar business at a nine-year-old level if you wanted to. All right, Victor, what are, uh, what's one or two favorite quotes you live by? One or two favorite quotes I live by. Uh, there was one, I actually wrote this in my high school yearbook, and <laughs> I always remember this because it, it speaks to the way that we misuse our imagination sometimes, and it, it came from the movie Van Wilder, where he said, worrying is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it will not get you anywhere. And I always thought that was hilarious as well as profound. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Todd. Victor, where in the world would you most like to visit that maybe you haven't been to? That I haven't been to, I would say Bali. I've seen some pictures on screensavers, and uh, <laughs> as soon as I see them, it just kind of speaks to me and would be a place that I would really love to experience. Andrea? Yeah, for both of them, what is the biggest myth you think to millennials? biggest myth to millennials yeah hmm. what people say about millennials it's not true in your opinion and you guys only have no, 30 that seconds that they're lazy yeah. short answer i, I don't that they're I don't, lazy? Think, I don't okay. think any yeah i don't think anybody's lazy at all i just think they don't have a direction they don't have they don't know what they want and it's easy to drift when you have no direction so just the, the belief okay. that they're lazy and labeling them with that Mine is just, I fully understand that um, it's a lot harder nowadays than it ever was. It's not as easy as people think it is to grow up as a millennial with uh, social media and everything that's being bombarded in us. Kayvon, you get to return the favor to Victor. What question would you like to ask him? Uh, 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost of a question right now. I was just thinking of the quote, uh, because one of the biggest quotes I really wanted to say it was, that changed my life forever, was, what are you willing to do in the next two to three years that most people won't to get what most people will never have? And it took me five years to fully understand that. And to me, that's just committing to commit. Take that leap. If you have a dream, if you have a passion, you know it's burning inside of you, don't wait another day. Take that leap and go for it. Yeah. Well, Hey, Ken, that's Todd. Can I ask Kayvon a question? Uh, no, we are actually out of time, Todd, so we'll have to do the rest of the questions right on line. So I wanted to say, Kayvon and Victor, I am so glad you guys could take the time to be on the show. You've both been amplified, and I can't wait to actually hear how your friendship and your, I think, strategic partnership in the future is going to help each of you get where you want to go faster. Thank you very much. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thank you so much, Ken. Thank you so much for having us. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.